Hello, and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. So when I turned about eight years old, my uncle gave me a pink lava lamp for my birthday. It was super groovy. It lit my room at night and my parents would turn it off after I went to sleep and I'd wake up in the morning to see what shape the wax had left on the top of the bottle, only to shake it down and wait till it was time to get the groove going again. It basically served as my nightlight. It was also an item that my youngest brother loved. Like, a lot. To the point that one evening when I was much older and was taking a nap on the couch, my youngest brother, who was probably like between four and six at this point, asked my mother, Is Elizabeth dead? My mother assured him that no, I was just sleeping. To which he responded, If she's dead, can I have her lava lamp? So now I know what I'm leaving him in the will. In honor of this love of lava lamps, then, let's take a quick moment for a little bit of love for this funkadelic light fixture of the nighttime, the lava lamp. It's a relatively recent invention. For the beginnings of the lava lamp, we travel to 1963 England to our British accountant by the name of Edward Craven Walker, and his inspiration for the lava lamp actually came to him in the form of an egg timer. Walker was in a pub one night and noticed a makeshift egg timer made from a cocktail shaker and a strange liquid. It was boiling on the stove at the time. He hired a British inventor by the name of David George Smith to create the formula needed to make his lamp. Smith actually holds the U.S. patent, made for Walker's company. Walker's design included a light bulb to heat the gooey liquids, and a bottle that was known to the British for holding a drink called orange squash. The recipe for Walker's lava lamp is still a closely guarded secret, but essentially, inside the lava lamp, you will find two insoluble liquids. One is made of a water base, and another of a wax base. Normal wax would usually float in water. It is quite buoyant and has a density lower than water. However, the wax in a lava lamp used to include carbon tetrachloride. Tetrachloride has a greater density than water and adds some weight to the wax, to slow the buoyancy, and add some weight to the wax to slow the buoyancy, whereas the light bulb heats up the wax to liquefy it and keep it rather blobby, essentially reducing the wax's density for a time by expanding its size, and the surface tension of the liquid also decreases. The wax melts, expands, decreases in density, and rises to the top, where it cools, loses its buoyancy, and then sinks to the bottom again. When at the bottom, there is actually a coiled wire that breaks the surface tension of the wax, which allows the blob of wax to recongeal with the rest of it and reform for another blobby journey to the top of the lamp. There's a name for the way the fluids work in a lava lamp, and it is actually a form of Raleigh-Taylor instability. The wax used in a lava lamp is usually colored, and sometimes the liquid, which is usually a mixture of water and mineral oil, with, of course, a closely guarded other secret ingredients, can also be colored. Since the 1970s, however, the recipe has changed as carbon tetrachloride was banned from use because of its toxicity. The new recipe for the heavier wax is part of that closely guarded secret. So when using a lava lamp, it could take as long as two to three hours to get the lamp going, depending on the temperature of the room, but usually took somewhere between 30 and 60 minutes to get everything heated up. 
This meant that one had to plan ahead if one wanted to use the lava lamp as a nightlight and enjoy the blobs. This was something I often mistimed as a kid and ended up falling asleep before the wax show really got going. Walker founded a lighting company called Mathmos in 1963, which of course sells lava lamps along with other lighting fixtures, although the original company Walker founded was called Crestworth LTD. Walker's original name for the lava lamp was Astra Lamp, and he sold millions of them each year until in 1965 he sold the rights to a company called Lava Light in the U.S. In the U.S., lava lamp making has changed hands a couple of times. Later in 2003, the lava lamp company Lava World International moved its manufacturing processes to China. And Walker really only sold the American rights and kept the rights to lava lamp making for the rest of the world for his company. Perhaps the most well-known lava lamp maker would be Lava Light. The lava lamp was considered a part of the countercultural hippie movement. It was groovy and psychedelic. Originally, however, this wasn't the plan at all. They were initially marketed in the United States as normal and even impressive business lighting, with one advertisement showing a lava lamp with a walnut base in an office space. But of course, this changed over time. Lava lamps also don't give off a lot of light, so they are more useful as mood lighting, effectively. The love for lava lamps died down in the 1970s, but it hit a revival in the 90s. Lava Light still sells lava lamps through Target and Walmart in the United States. And apparently, Walker's original company will still supply light bulbs and different parts in case your lava lamp breaks down. Now, while lava lamps may have set the mood for much of the hippie movement, for me, it mostly set the mood for a good night's sleep. And for that, and for many other reasons, I'm grateful for lava lamps, because they're cool, as long as I time it right and don't fall asleep before the light show gets going. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a marvelous day. Take care.